ATV Talk, the podcast presents Inspired. Sit down with your host, Leonard Duncan, as he interviews men and women whose stories are so inspirational that they need to be shared. Hopefully, their stories may inspire you and create a change. Mondays at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. What am I? Mike Penland, how are you? I'm good, thank you. And you? Thank you for coming on ATV Talk for a second time. This is episode two with you. It's, it's an honor. No, it's mine, brother. Um, we talked last time a little bit. We briefly touched on your time with Kawasaki. And all I've been doing is thinking about the development you must have done and the things that you got to do behind the scenes that most people didn't get to see. Well, I, I want you to uh, tell me the story about how you got connected with Kawasaki and what are some of the cool things about the machine you got to develop for them. Uh, I've won another championship, Grand National Cross Country, in 96. So we're getting ready to do the 96 Baja 1000. And Mickey Dunlap comes to me and says, you know, we're kind of hooked up with Cal. And uh, so he said, but it's too soon to do the, the, the Baja 1000 this year. But for 97, we'll be racing Kawasaki's. And uh, so, so he, what? Uh, he, so he, he gets me 400 Kawasaki Prairie and makes it from a 400 to a 500. And uh, it's good. You know, the, the, the people were nice enough. And uh, it, the first year, and, and I don't want this to sound bad, but it was more like dogs when they see each other, meet each other. You know, they sniffed and they were they were sniffing around on me, see what kind of person I was. And uh, uh, it was good. Uh, won the championship. And Mickey helped me and he helped lots of other people. And he started a team. And uh, he made all kinds of, I, I don't know all of them, but Lakotas and all that, and he he hopped him up, and and there was lots of uh, lots of racing with Cow, and they seemed to like it, and uh, so won the championship that year, and that and, was ninety seven, uh, right? That's ninety seven, yeah. Now, listen, I'm telling you best I can remember, and and all that kind of stuff. Yes, ninety seven, uh, ninety eight, and we'll get into the, the and later it was real good. You know, I was getting paid and, and, you know, I was in, it wasn't just, you know, trying to figure each other out. It, it, it went good. And, uh, uh, there's a man named Mark Kelly. He's big wheel, big, big wheel. And, uh, I remember asking about the CSPC and we're not talking youngsters and little bikes and that kind of stuff. We're talking grownups are over 16 and, and, and bigger machines. And, and Mark said, I don't care about the CSPC. At Kawasaki, we race everything we make. He said, we're going to race it. I said, that's my kind of man. I like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyway, 
I, I, I was given parts and bikes and, and stuff. Uh, and best I can remember is the spring of, of 98. Mickey had been building some bikes and, and we, we were thinking that it need, they needed some clutching. So Kawasaki got Glenn Erlinson. I don't know if you know him. He's no. the best clutching man in the world for, for CVT clutches. Right. And uh, so we're, we're, uh, he, he, he's got a company called G-Force. Uh, and, and so we're down in Florida and uh, they got a radar gun and, and a uh, computer. And uh, so I had the terrible job of pulling hole shots all day. And uh, so the, the, we, we pulled three hole shots. We'd work on the clutch, pull three hole shots, work on the clutch, pull three hole shots, work on the clutch. And all this is grafting, you know, uh, yep, they'd I say go. And, and they'd shoot me with the, with the gun. And nothing would happen till I took off, and uh, it would it would graph. You've seen the graphs uh, where they go, you know, change gears and, and stuff. But with me, it's you know because it's an automatic. And uh, so uh, that's that's what I did. And uh, Glenn Erlinson has turned out to be a a, a good buddy and a, and a good sponsor. And uh, he's, I'm he's not just a, really. I'm not a super um, heads up on the CVT. I know a little bit because uh -huh. we've done, you know, CVT with the Honda Pilot. We did CVT with some of the Razor stuff. We've done CVT. Uh, there's a little bit of form of uh, of that style clutch in the LT80s. So, <clears throat> I mean, I'm a little familiar with it. And adding or subtracting weight, depending on how you want it to accelerate or how much top speed you want is the, is um, what I'm getting out of it. And it seemed to me like what they were trying to give you was, was a better starting drive. It seems like to get better acceleration out of the machine. That too, that too, you, you can, you can tune them. So it's nothing but a whole shot, nothing but a whole shot or top end, but see, I got to zig and zag through the trees. So isn't, I, that, I gotta, isn't that more similar to the whole shot or, or are you farther up in the RPM range? Okay. Well, let, let me, let me learn you some here, boy. Uh, when, Wait, when, when it comes to, when it comes, if, if supposedly if you clutched a machine, right, that it would be, uh, It would be if if I left whatever I'm on riding, whether it's a four wheeler or a motorcycle or a snowmobile or a car. Okay. That that if I left my home in Georgia and went to your home in California, that that there would be maybe a two hundred RPM difference. Okay. Up and down the mountains, up and down the mountains. I'm not talking coming to a stop. So, okay. so the, now I didn't say your speed wouldn't go up or down. I'm saying RPMs. Understood. Okay. So if, if, if you take a machine 
and put it on a dynamometer. And, and you know that this RPM is your most horsepower and this RPM is your most torque. In my mind, you, 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 you clutch it, you know, to, 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 to pull your whole shot just a little below the, the highest uh, uh, torque number. And, and you, you have it shift out at the highest RPM number, highest horsepower number. Okay. So you're always in that range up and down and up and down. And, and there's a, I'll just tell you my, most people ain't going to believe this probably, but my Kawasaki, my, my Kawasaki, my Can-Am, my Baja Can-Am at 800 with stock pistons in it will run over a hundred miles an hour. I'm, yeah, I've heard that. And, and, and it's so much of it's to do with clutching so much. Now you clutch them just right. And, or should I say just wrong? And, and you can't keep belts on the machines. They'll pop belts, bow belts, whatever word you want to use, just as fast as you can put them on. And the, what you don't want is heat. Heat is your enemy. Right. So, so uh, you take the heat guns and shoot them and, and check temperatures. And uh, because if they're heating, Lenny, if they're heating, normally means they're slipping. And it's normally slipping on the back clutch. Okay. Uh, and so that means that the spring's not right or, or, or the, the ramp's not right. And, and, uh, your front, your front ramps, they got a, they got a helix in the back ramps. They're not just, you know, this shape. Sometimes they're, they're this shape and, and they're, they're, there's all kinds of shapes and weights. There's tip weights. So as, as the RPMs come up and the, the weights sling out, then it, then it locks on the belt harder and, uh, you know, it pulls it in. With uh, When I was hot riding can, uh, the, the Kawasaki's, they loved the, lots of weight, clutch weights for torque. You pull the torque out of the motor. Where the Can-Ams, you, you have them rev higher to go faster right. and it's every machine's different right. and, and I'm talking lots of machines you know I, I did lots of Kawasaki's and I did lots of uh, Can-Ams and they're just clutch difference did you get to where you were doing your own clutching or did you always yes. rely on the other guys no I learned what well, little bit I know I learned from Glenn okay. and and he he's just way Oh, he, he goes around the world clutching for people. I bet. Uh, I'm sorry. I bet. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just brilliant. And, uh, he, he learned it from snowmobiles. He, he drag raced, uh, snowmobiles for factories and stuff. And he's, he's just good. He's nice. He's a nice man. Uh, so the, the clutching, there's so much to do. With, with clutching and and with drag racing uh you hear some people talking tracks that the, the 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 tires are going away i'm blowing the tires drag racing you know i'm smoking the tires or i'm um it's a uh, what's the word walking them and all that stuff and and clutching there's some people clutch between each drag race with snowmobiles and uh you gotta know what you're doing Oh, I bet. I, 
I know nothing. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I, enough to get myself in deep trouble with it. Yeah. Um, and I've, I had I've some got, help. Yeah. I've got boxes of every weight that I could get from Can-Am Forum and every other weight from accessories, like blend and stuff. And then I got springs. But I don't know if I just got lazy or what, but I, I got to some stuff that I really liked. And, and I, I stuck with most of that for the GNCC stuff. But for the Baja stuff, it's still a work in progress. Okay, now we're gonna we're gonna go back to Kawasaki, and we're gonna yeah. go back in the woods. Okay, so we're clutching our machine now. You're gonna educate me again here. Hmm? Are we educate? Are we are we building the clutching in that Kawasaki and doing the development work? So you're spending most of your time. Um, Kind of like you would on the on the on the start. So you want the maximum amount of torque out of the machine um, with still some horsepower, or are you building a broader clutching for when you're rolling through the trees? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you're doing both. Okay, whole uh, shots can mean a lot. You know the. the so a lot of times, if you can make them pull a hole shot, you just have to fine tune them between the trees because hole shots, you're going zero miles an hour to whatever the first turn is, you know, how right. far it is. And, you know, if it's a, it's a hairpin or, a, you know, a, just a kink or, you know, whatever it is. And so you're going for acceleration, get me out of the hole. And, and then when you're in the trees, you probably don't slow down to 10 miles an hour a lot, probably 15. And then you're going, you know, 65. So you, you, you got to have your acceleration. And so you, sometimes it's a, it's a real good compromise, but what, right. what you want to do now, you out in California, I don't know if you, you go to the dunes and see, you know, how fast you can go up a dune or, you know, if you can stop halfway up and take off. I don't know. I, <laughs> I know what I have to do. Zig and zag through trees. And uh, the uh, uh, I'll tell you something that a lot of people don't, don't know. You can, you can tune them where they won't back shift as much. I used to do that. I need to blow my nose. <laughs> Didn't work too good. Uh, I would make mine, Lenny, where they would not downshift so much. So when I went around a tree or, you know, a rock pile or whatever it was, when I'd hit the throttle, I was in a higher gear because normally I had good torque. Right. And where other machines, when you nail them, they, it's, it's down so that the RPMs come up way high. Right. Well, you know, where mine are, oh, torque out. And, it, and I'm doing the right thing. Was it easier to ride with it in a, in a taller gear? So you were basically yeah. getting better straight ahead drive. I think so. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we race in greasy, snotty mud. So <laughs> if, if you're in a higher gear, you spin your tires harder and they clean better. Where okay. when you're in a low gear, you know, you just 
my bikes had more torque. I understand. And higher RPM. So it, it wasn't a big deal to me. I, it was easier to ride, and I think faster, with it not downshifting so much. Right, right. And I, uh, I'm learning. I'm learning things because I'm not a CVT guy. You know, no. we've done most of everything that I do. Um, you know, I only got to spend a year on Kawasaki's the V4 700, and we were uh-huh. just starting to break into the clutching. Yeah. When you know, it just didn't go. It just didn't come back. Yeah. There's there's free. Horsepower, free, speed, whatever you, you want to hear is when I say free, other than the weights and the springs and the, the ramps and stuff, you know, once it's done, it's there. Right. You know, it, it's, it's there. Uh, and and I, I want to just tell you something. I, you see me doing this. Most ATV riders are doing this. I put twists on. Always. <laughs> put a man throttle on there, right? Yeah. I, I couldn't ride from here to the, the road with a thumb. Can you imagine doing a Baja 1000 with a thumb? I can't. And I know guys that do it and I, I don't know how they do it, but I I can't do it. I use, uh, I use the dual throttle, you know, so it's a twist or a thumb, right? You, and you, you lock the, the twist so you can use the thumb. And, and it's, I tell it's for my friends that aren't smart enough to use a twist. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it. I and, uh, but uh, that's that's a that's a world changer. The twist is for people like me. But but you take certain when I was a, a kid, a boy, there was only motorcycles, right? And then then four wheeler, three wheelers, and four wheelers came along, and and so they they had the thumbs as snowmobiles. And so you've got people that their moms and dads, you know, they, the, the child would say, I, I'm a motorcycle, daddy. No, no. Mom would say, you can't have one. Well, so they get them a four wheeler and they never rode motorcycles. So yeah, they, they, they don't know how to use a twist. Course. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. back to the CBT. I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, you're good. Uh, go ahead. I you, have a talking? question about okay we talked uh, we 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 didn't even get into the conversation we just went right into this clutching when you were talking about the motor packages um so you're developing an engine package with uh cams pistons headwork pipes so then you're having to get into your clutching so you have more horsepower um did you get involved in the development of the engine packages as well I, I made them and sold them too. Yeah. Oh, right. okay. At first, Mickey Dunlap did them all. And then later on, CT, TC, excuse me, TC did them, T, Tom Carlson. Yep. And then uh, uh, me and my brother went up to his place. We stayed there for a few days and, and he's, oh, smart ain't the word. Tom Carlson is brilliant. And, and he taught stuff and, and, uh, I learned some stuff and he helped me with stuff. So uh, like uh, for the, uh, some of the cows, I had 770 kits and my own cams. And, and for the, the, the uh, Can-Ams cams also. And of course the HMF exhaust, the Penland series, that's the, the best go. ones. And uh, 
and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I had uh, jets for them, individual jets for the carburetors. And I, I made a lot of friends. I made a lot of enemies. People with Kawasaki, they would call me up and say, you know, I, I, I've got this exhaust and I've got this air filter and I've got, you know, dual dipsticks and high compression hubcaps and a board out ashtray and a high lift cam windshield washer. And I went and bought this jet kit and I put every jet in it and I put the needles in it with in every notch. And I put the pilot jets in it, the, the, the three sets they sent me and it still won't work right. I said, there's one thing you haven't done. What's that? I said, stock. Go back to stock. And everything that I did except one with the Kawasaki, the, the V-Twins, used stock jets except for mains. And most of the time, what, what was that? One, 138 and 142, I think. I would take out the, the 138 and put the 142 in it, and I put a 140 five or something in the other hole. And that's all you needed. You didn't fool with needles. You didn't fool with the pilot jets, nothing. And they worked perfect. Now, a lot of them, people didn't like this. So they talked to me, they chopped the throttle and then they hold it back a little bit and they pop. And, and some people, you know, they thought there was going to blow up or something. And, uh, but I tell them, it's no big deal. Just go with it. But uh, What was the compression yeah, ratio that you were running? Just most times stock um, I, with my 770 kit. I haven't sold one in a couple of years. It, I'm not a big compression person because uh, it makes a lot of heat. Right. And, and I'm going to go back to clutching in a minute. And makes a lot of heat that you don't need. And l- let me tell you something. When, when you're clutched right, with, with with a CVT, when you're clutched right, the the only time it's below this RPM is when your throttle is not wide open. If your throttle's wide open, it's always between this and this RPM. So forget low end torque. You, it doesn't. I'm being over simple here, but it doesn't matter because you're always with 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 so many. Machines, it, it would be say five thousand to eight thousand. Right. So you know, it matters below five thousand. It matters, but it don't because it's never there unless it's part throttle. Right, and it only and if your clutching is right, you're in your range of drive in your RPM range that you've set the clutch for, and that's where you ride it. So you keep the throttle that's, position. If, if you've got it wide open, it's always between them numbers. Unless unless you got four fat ladies and you're going up Mount Everest, you know, it, it might get below that. Uh, but it, if not, it, it never gets below your predetermined RPM because you're wide open. If, right. if it gets in a bad way, it, it the clutching just it the clutching goes. The, the, the front one starts opening and the back one starts closing till it comes down to your, gets at your RPM. Right. 
That's that's pretty awesome for a lot of people that uh, that that fight with CVT that they're going to really enjoy this episode because you're explaining things that most people like for me to explain it to somebody how it works I'm going to struggle and that was that was pretty good I'm going to use some of your analogies so that I can help people out better just don't blame me for nothing I'm going to blame you for everything dude <laughs> hey Mike Palin told me that's the guy you want to be mad at <laughs> but uh i've done a lot of them done a lot of them so i bet and, and i'm telling you the best i know what so, little I know. so you had really good success with the kawasaki in the woods yes i won how many championships You can take your shoes off. I think off it's maybe five, champ- five GNCC championships. I think that's right. And you were with him for eight years. With him for eight years, yes, sir. Actually, how was your success with him in Baja? Uh, I'm glad you asked, but I'm sorry you asked. Uh, uh, I had a, I had a V-Force that would run like 87 miles an hour. That's pretty good. That, now that's not on the speedometer. That's, I had five, we had five satellites tracking us. We were down in Baja. And so it, it's not a number we thought sounded good or might look good on paper. It's what it, what the satellites were showing us. Right. And, and uh, Kawasaki said, it's probably the fastest V-Force in the world then. And it was great. The machine was working. It was just so good. Uh, I'd started and and passed so many people to uh, where did I go to Valley Valley T? I think you know, just down from the Goat Trail to Valley T, and it handed it off. And and I'm going to tell you something that that uh, is a big deal. I hadn't. I hate saying I hadn't, but I hadn't come up with a PCV valve yet. I did, and it changed everything. But but if you're doing lots with the cows then, if you're doing lots of wide open riding, they will pump oil into the airbox. And then from the airbox, it sucks it into the carburetors, you know, through the filter, and that's not good. And I told the boys, the teammates, the, the bikes hold two quarts. I said, you don't ever put two quarts in if you have to change it. Quart and three quarters. That's it. That's it. No, no mas. No mas. That's right. all. No more. And I had rode and then gotten a, a chase truck, the one behind, and came up on them. And, and I heard the one saying, give me another quart. Okay? Another quart. Right. I said, this is not good. This is not good. And so I rode cows twice. Uh, and, and so they, uh, they took off and they seen me. I was walking to where they was. I got out of the truck and, and it's smoking like mad. It's just blowing smoke. You could kill skeeters with it. And, uh, so they said, what should I do? I said, go right. Just 
go. And I told them, because we were running some compression, and as you know, in Mexico, everybody's got a got a uh, milk jug full of gas in the back of their car, in the trunk of their car, and a liter of oil. So uh, one of the boys run out a gas and bumped some gas, or hadn't run out but thought he was, and poured the Mexican gas in it that was, you know, eight months old. And uh, so anyway, they're going, and uh, make a long story short, the bike quits. And when I got it back home, I took the pistons out and sent them autopsies done. And it what happened is they overheated because of detonation and stuff. And and the reason for it is oil burns hotter than gas. So that it's pumping that oil in. And then the combination of that, the the old Mexican gas, they what happened at first is is it burnt down to the to the top piston ring. And then more problems. It burnt like behind the ring into the second ring land. And then once it went behind the second ring into the oil ring, you know, it's got the little holes that drip the oil back in the motor. Right. The compression went away. So and then you were done. That, is that one. That, and Okay, now the other one, that, that was a brute force, and then we raced the V-force. And uh, it, it was just, it was great. I had just, it was just great. And what happened, and this is, you can see that my machine in Dust the Glory, that movie. Right. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, you know, you probably know there's the goat trail. The, the reason you'll know it's my machine is because there's a yellow dune buggy on the go trail. It's on fire, and they're throwing dirt on it, and they put it out. Well, in just a, a half a second, that you see this four-wheeler, and the gas cap's gone. And uh, so they, they take a, a can and put it on it and said, I think this will work. And the boy that was riding it, uh, uh, he, he said he thought it would too. And in the movie, they said, we think he made it. but. The bike didn't make it. What happened, he, uh, Jason, was riding it, and, and he had pitted, and he, and he feels cold on his back. Remember, the gas cap's behind you on that machine. Okay. And he felt his back getting cold. And he said, like, what's that? And about that time, the, the machine backfired. You know, he chopped the throttle and it backfired. And, and he heard, like, woof. And, He's on fire. The bike's on oh. fire. And, and so, so he slows down a bunch and he bails. So the, the, the seat's on fire and some of the plastic's on fire. And he takes dirt. And a lot of the dirt in Mexico is like silt. So he's right. throwing that on, puts it out. So uh, then another rider gets on and, and with, with no gas cap and had to put the fire out. And uh, what happened is that silty sand is so fine. It went through the filter. You remember those bikes have fuel pumps and stuff. Yep. So it went through all the filters and it was piling up inside the carburetors. So it wouldn't run. They'd have to take the bowls off and, and clean them out and put them back on. So we houred out that race. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know, but you 
and now we're out in, in Baja. Yeah. And yeah. We 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 were rolling. It was more than good. And how did the gas cap thing happen? The pit company didn't put it on tight enough. Oh. Yeah. You guys didn't use a dry bag like an IMS larger tank? No, no, no. Because a lot of the pit companies don't have it. Uh, the 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 dry break. Right. And if you have bum gas from a Mexican, he sure ain't got it. <laughs> That's so, true. That's true. So you, you just yeah. If you've got a quick dump five gallon, when I say quick dump, I'm not talking dry break. I'm talking one of the big old snooter hole in it. You know. Yep. You can uh, you can pour pretty quick. Right. So did you, did you use dry breaks on any of the stuff that you did or did you do? IMS supplied me with dry breaks, Uh, but we didn't use it for, for that. Right. It just, uh, could it help? Now, now let me, let me qualify that. When, when I, I was with another team for the 18, 2018 ball 1000 with side by side. And and it had dry break, and I I told them I said you need to do something. What's that? And they did it on on the can am the the uh, side by side the 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 filler was up front, and we had a, a uh, cap put on one so you could dry break it or pour it. So okay, yeah. just to give them the the option there. There you go. Either did they, or. Use, the, did they use a tower to fill you? Like where they, um, some of the guys use compressed air to, to push the gas into the car faster? No, no. What, what we've been doing lately, the last several years, is using Baja pits. Okay. And so uh, yeah. they're, they're just great. They are. They're good dudes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So if we go back to the woods, um, okay. were, who was your biggest competitor? Was it your own teammates, or were was there another brand that you were fighting with at that time? The uh, for years, I, and and I don't want to sound bad or wrong, but before Cal with with Honda and Yamaha, I didn't get beat. I, I just didn't get beat. And I mean, if the, this problem happened, you know, something broke, I got beat. But right. but. No one would outride me. And uh and that's I don't want that to come across wrong, but it 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 just didn't. You know, they 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 didn't outride me. Well, I'm getting older and and uh I'm not exercising like I should. So so what would happen, a lot of times there was just me and an, another fella that that was in competition a lot. So if I won, he got second. And if he won, I got second. Well, what happened is is we got a third man that was up running with us. And so if I got first, they got second, third. And if they got first and second, I got third. And and I got beat by three points. Ah. Yeah. Just, you know, some of it was my stupidness, you know. I made this boo-boo or that boo-boo and and uh, just takes one position, you know? Right. So now you're fighting a three-way deal instead of a two-way deal. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember your question so I can answer it. Uh, but, but uh, the, uh, it, it, it first, the first really nine years, there was 
there's no, that sounds so bad, but I just always won. Just always won. I'd go so, to a lot of races and know I was going to win. So what did you do knowing that you didn't train correctly? How did you rectify that? Got older and didn't do as well. Uh, I won the first nine years championships. And then I got beat for three years. I got third, third, third. And then I won again. Uh, two more years, at least, where it was. And, and uh, did, you, did you change your training habits at all? No, because I didn't train. Well, you know, so you never trained. No, sometimes I'd, during the winter, I'd do some push-ups and some setups. <laughs> you know, but, you're not helping the young guys here. <laughs> you need to tell them they got to train. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I started racing four years when I was 37 years old. So, uh, you know, and, and I was racing the big, ugly four wheel drives. And so before that, for a few years, I, I would ride a bicycle. I'd, I'd ride up in North Carolina, my friend's house, or I'd ride to church and uh, the, the children were younger. So I'd put one of them on, on, on the bar from the seat to the handlebars, you know, to the goose and ride them. And it was 18 speed. And, and I took off an 18th and I never downshifted. I don't care how steep it was or whatever. I left in 18. So when you're standing up, pulling on them handlebars and pushing on them pedals, it kind of toughens you up. And, and I didn't know how tough I was, you know, for the first few years, found out that's pretty tough because if, when I first started the series in 91, we would go to, they, GNCC, would, would go to, you know, Tennessee, and there'd be one or two riders. And then they'd go to Ohio, and there'd be one or two riders. They'd go to Pennsylvania, and there'd be one or two riders. But when I started, I went to every race. And, and then Dave Coombs said, I was the one who built that. The, the four-wheel drive class. And so people would start coming and they're coming to race me and, you know, to race and stuff. But so many of them are coming to race me. Uh, I remember this one, one race. I'm, we used to only have one start. When I say that, it was, I forgot, one o'clock or something. And, and you'd have 20 rows. And, and we pretty much started on the back row of the four-wheel drive stuff. And I was I had a rack on the back, and I'm standing on the back of my bike looking, looking at the flagman and the other classes going. And I remember this feller came up and said, uh, are you Mike? I said, you know, I looked down there um, because I'm up on the rack. I said, yeah. Watching another start, he said, are you Mike Pendleton? I said, yeah. And uh, he he looked at me standing on my bike, just disgusted, you know, just like, who are you? And uh, found out he was racing four-wheel drive, and he got beat that day. And uh, <laughs> so, but I was uh, real strong, and I suppose, I mean, I don't suppose this. I know the, the Lord blessed me to do that. And, you know, he's, he made it that way. But I guess that I dropped the ball by not 
working out more or working out. You should have stayed riding that bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. But I did that on weekends and I was racing on weekends. Now, when I say weekends, not on Sunday, uh, I'd ride it to church. I'd ride the children to church sometimes, but, uh, I didn't take and make enough time for it. Right. So let's get into a little bit more with the Cowie. Did you, what did you do to change either the shocks or the struts? I'm not sure what they had. Um, you'll have to fill me in. And and what was the, the tire combination that works really well for you? Uh, I use 12 inch tires. I use 12 inch tires just all in all till I got in a, some side-by-side racing went to 14s. Uh, but, but, uh, Max has started helping me in 93, uh, just before the Blackwater 93. And, and I used Maxis until I think it was 17. They got a new race coordinator, race director, whatever. And he stopped helping me. And, uh, Go figure, I cried. Huh? I about cried. I'd been with them so long and after they 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 didn't hire me back uh i won another championship with them so and now it's it's just it just makes me sick so maxis was your chosen tire what were your chosen shocks the a lot of the, the the racing was stock shocks because they were, they were stock classes. Uh, years ago, years ago, uh, works performance. I used some of them, and then uh, later on, Elka. They they I've been to Canada where they make them things, and uh, they they were they were good and they were they were good to me. The the only thing I didn't have was help at the track. Uh, that's where I, I needed I needed help. And uh, but but that's Elkis and uh, stock and you uh, a rolled beadlock a rolled bead wheel or did you run a beadlock? Beadlocks almost always beadlocks OMF. Uh, I, I met Tim Orchard at the 95 Baja 1000 at the start. And he, uh, and him just kind of hit it off. And he told me the calling. He's and, a good uh, dude, didn't he? I did. And, and it, it's, they're on my machines right now. Yeah. He's a good dude, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then they come out with them, the ones, not only beadlocks, but the, and I, I only use single bead locks. I don't put them on the inside because one reason is weight. And I got the I got the bead lock on the outside, so the tire ain't coming off if it goes flat. And uh, they 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 make them. I forgot what they're called. The offset centers. You know, you can move them. Yep. Over so you can make your machine wider and narrower and stuff right. like that. that. And that's that's a trick. And uh, but yeah, just OMFs. Did you get into inserts at all? Yes. Yes. Uh, I've got to tell you something. I, uh, tires now are so much better than a few years ago, 20 years ago. 
they're just way better. But I was trying to come up with something to keep from getting flats. And and I did. I I, I got tennis balls. I put tennis balls in my tires. So I go to Walmart and I get some tennis balls and bring them back, put them in, and go to Walmart and get some more tennis balls and put them in, go to Walmart and get some more tennis balls. I'm going to ask you a question, Lenny. A 25-10-12 tire, how many tennis balls do you think fit in the back tire? 150. Lenny, you're only the second person that didn't guess close. 125. Wow. Okay, 125 tennis balls. The the fronts take a hundred. Oh. Don't don't laugh because this ain't funny. Uh, let me tell you the problem. You couldn't pick the tire up. It's so heavy. Right, right. I was gonna I was gonna get into that. I also was talking to the guys when I was back there uh, with 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 Doug Eichner at Polaris. Yeah. We were talking about tire balls and they were telling me to put, um, you know, the little plastic balls that come out of the, uh, you know, when you go to the kids area at McDonald's and, and you go oh the, in the, the ball area where the kids play, you take those yeah. plastic balls and put them in there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we've done that. I, I was telling Wade Summers about that. We were talking and, and Wade says, I, I want to talk to you. And he said, I'm working on something. He's like the inventor of tire balls. Right. And, and uh, he said, Mike, he said, I want you to help me, you know, ride them. And, and I'm using the word develop because any feedback, they wanted it. So I used them like two years and nobody knew it. I couldn't tell anybody. And, and what they are, uh, and what they are is uh, what I can't I can't think of the word I want to use. It's like a balloon. No, they're a lot thicker. They're right. They're, right. they're like funny. a uh, like a tough rubber ducky. Okay, right. but yeah. but they're shaped. They're they're shaped right, and and they got a little hole in them, like you pump up basketball or football. Yep. With with that needle, and and uh, that's what I did. And uh, then Wade sold out, and those people weren't, they wanted me to sell, to sell me tire balls. And I just, I, I couldn't bring myself to buy them, you know. Right. After the time I spent with them, I just. All that development work, yeah. Yeah. So then uh, one of the foam companies, Oh my! There's tire blocks, and then there's uh, um, I can't think of the other name of the other guy, uh, but I but yeah, one of the, the they had a, a ring, was, they, they they had a ring that they would put inside of them. Yeah, um, his name was Terry, and I, I can't think of his last name right now. He's a no Stacy Stacy. He was a pro motocrosser, like in the early seventies. Okay. And and they would supply these these uh they were like pieces of pie. No, I'll tell you that in the bunt cake that has the hole in the center. Yep. They were like them and and you could shape them 
to to fit, and and you've had to pack them things in, and they were great, especially on a on a two wheel drive bike. But on on the four wheel drives, they were so heavy that foam's made to imitate certain psi in the tire. Right, and, and so so uh, they said put them in and don't run nowhere. Well, you could do that on two wheel drive, but what I did is is I was using Max's tires, which they're tough as they're ever was and and i had them them things in there and then i'd put air in it too so i had three things of defense you know the tire the air and then the 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 foam block things and uh that was good but they're they're they don't work with the side by sides the foam stuff don't it's just they're just too heavy and uh really but uh yeah that they they were great they they helped I know Danny. I know Danny Prather on the West Coast does a lot of tire balls for the side by sides, and yeah. I've even seen the tire balls in trophy trucks. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, now, see, they kept telling me that I couldn't use them in Baja, and and they they've got this goop that they put in the tires because them tire balls will chafe. Yes. You know, and and they're. That's one of the reasons I don't wear shorts. So my inner thighs chafe against one another. (laughs) You could have kept that a secret, brother. If you ever see me in shorts, you know I went crazy. When I was a boy, two or three times a summer, my mom would make me wear shorts. I'd stay in the house. You can wear (laughs) shorts all you want to. I don't care. Mike don't wear shorts. I swim in shorts, but I don't wear shorts other than I don't wear pants, so I get it. I get it. That's all I wear is pants. So I got to go to Dakar in 2009. Well, we took and set up a whole bunch of tires with tire balls. The problem that none of us were aware of is the Dakar has the liaison with asphalt time, which is extra heat. Yeah. It ate the balls and melted yeah. the balls. And the, yeah. the rider still to this day thinks that the cactus thorns were causing their problems. Yeah. No. Okay. If I'd have yeah. known then what I knew by 2011 that the pressure that we had in the balls was wrong and we didn't have enough lube in there, we would have we wouldn't have had the problems that we had. Right. We wouldn't have had the vibration and, and he wouldn't be so upset with tire balls. Yeah. Uh, I, I tried to explain it, but you know, sometimes you get our minds made up. Yeah. They, yeah. He believes it was the cactus and he thought it was just the dumbest idea. And, and he didn't realize that, you know, they were proven in the woods. They were proven in Baja that, you know, we, we, we'd won now, championships in, in both places. Now and, let's talk about Baja because they told me that I couldn't use them. They, they wouldn't work. They, they would, they would chafe like we was talking and they'd, you know, wear holes and, and then they, they would go somewhere and just be so out of balance. You couldn't ride the machine. And I told them, I said, I use this for lubrication. And they, they just didn't pay me no mind. And I don't know, months or a year or so later, we was talking, I, I said, I use this. And they, they just, well, we use this. And, I said to myself, I'm not having problems. You are. 
Right. So I never did. I never told him again. Right. I, well, because you can only you can only lead the horse to water so many times. If it don't want to drink, it's on its own. Uh, yep. So in, in, in 2007, it's we're racing to Cabo. Right. Yeah. We ran I think so. I don't a set of tires to the finish. Yeah. And yeah, they were bad by the end, but the the the, the, the thing I love about tire balls is the tire wear goes down. So yeah. you're not losing as much tread and you're if done correctly with the weights, with the air pressures, with the lube, you can get an extremely large amount of time out of them. Mm-hmm. I liked it in the older days, you know, seven, eight, nine, we had less vibration, less failure. Um, when we got into the, 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 2017, 18, we were getting too much vibration. Um, maybe the ball material wasn't as good. Maybe we were worried about weight. So we ran light balls. So we had some vibration issues and tried, you know, a different product, but in, in, in motocross, if you're using it woods or most of your work style racing, I'm an avid, I'm avid. I totally believe in tire balls. Well, let me tell you a question. The, the, the vibration stuff, was it because of the higher speeds? The vibration was because the higher speeds, we didn't run enough pressure in the balls to keep the higher speed from melting the ball or there wasn't enough lube in there. And this is just me. I wasn't the guy doing the tires. I'm the guy that, that got the mess afterwards. And yeah. I believe that we didn't run enough pressure. Um, and some of the tires on the sport quads and in some of the different brands that I've, you know, I've dealt with ITP and STI and Maxis and, and a couple others. And, and you have to look at some of the quality of the tire also affects your ball, you know? So, so you have to take that into consideration. The rim choice with the, with the tire balls is huge. And I didn't learn that um, until you know, Danny took me aside and go, Hey, these are the rims you want to order. Oh, well, Hey, why didn't you tell me that two orders ago? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's what I, that that's what I've learned. And, and, and I deal pretty much now exclusively with Danny, if I'm going to do tire balls. Great. Yep. Good is, he a, is he a tire ball rep or something? Yes. He's a West coast. He's like the West coast tire ball guy. Okay. I know him. Yeah. Well, he stayed with buddies. Oh yeah. His dad raced. His dad was super good friends with Ricky Stater and you know, they helped Danny because Danny was a kid coming up yeah. when Ricky was still alive, you know? Yeah. Cause when, when I would go to California to go down to Mexico and race, I headquarter, whatever word you want to use at Ricky Stater's. Yeah, right next to us. We were yeah. next to us. And, and then when he was up in what is it, Ramona? Yep. Yep. And right after that, he right after he moved to Ramona is, is when he passed. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. It seemed like it was seven, 2007. Uh, I don't remember exactly what year it was. I just know that. Yeah. I just know that I missed. I being close with him. You know, I would go pick his brain, and then we would have conversations about um the the atv industry and lights and 
and um, wiring and all kinds of different stuff. Oh, yeah. and he, he, he taught me a lot. And Mike, the gentleman that took over for him, Mike Jarzan. Mikey. Yeah. He teaches me a lot all the time. And oh, yeah. uh, they're both very smart men. I, I call him up with a problem and he'll say, well, there's a blue wire and a pink wire and those should be so many ohms. And then there's a yellow one and a green one. And those should be only so many ohms. And then check. And I'm going, yeah, this is off the top of his head. He's not reading a chart. Right. And I'm going, how, how do you know this stuff? And it, huh. yeah, it just blows my mind. I didn't know, but talking to Mike, Ricky, he was brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was super, super smart. Yeah. Uh, he had done some pretty amazing things in his life. Yeah. Uh, and that, that he just kept quiet and never told anybody. Yeah. Yeah. He would, uh, they would talk uh, how many this way and then that way and, and what size wire. And, and, you know, they might as well be talking German, you know. Exactly. But I knew some of the words. I just, didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. Because I, I spent, I spent months I get, with him. I get it. I totally get it. Time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, a few weeks of time. Yes. So did you have, uh, you, you obviously had them work on your lights for Baja, for your Cowies, right? Uh, didn't need to. Really? Uh, the good staters, huh? Good staters. Uh, we would, uh, he would check them. He had more than one way of checking them. And uh, arguably, I've always had the best lights on any four-wheeler in Baja. You know, I'd turn the world white. And uh, it, it was with, with Stater's help. And uh, then when, when I started riding the Can-Ams, you know, my Can-Ams have 650-watt alternators. <laughs> so, so that that's like a lot of cars. Right. So, so on the the front of my Baja machine, I, I had four have I still got it four big HIDs, eight inch HIDs, and then we converted the two headlights to HIDs, and then I had the 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 Cyclops oh, light on the top of my head. Mm -hmm. HID and you could take the machine and let it idle for 10 minutes with all the lights on and hit the throttle and the lights wouldn't get brighter what that means it's fully charging idling that's crazy you know, when, when you hit the, the throttle and the lights get brighter that means the battery was pulled down and when you hit the throttle the alternators you know charging it all back up yeah the the, the alternators are unbelievable in the power oh. steering one. Okay. Part, say that again. In the power steering Can-Ams. Okay. The, they've got a bigger alternator than the uh, regular ones. The non-power so power steering's controlled by uh, uh, electricity? Yeah, it's electric power steering. Yeah. Really? That way you don't have a belt and then a power steering pump. And How cars are doing it now. Yeah, Lots I know. Cars. I have a Nissan that has a buzz in it when you drive it and it's electric power steering. Okay. Yeah. 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 So we got off track. We're, we're, we're trying, I'm trying to keep you on the Kawasaki train here. Um, uh, I, I didn't need to, I had great lights. 
on the cows and didn't need to do anything. Yeah. Really? But Ricky would check them for me. How many lights did you run on the front of the cowies? You don't I remember? remember. I'll have to find some pictures. Oh, please do. You should send them over to me. Um, that's awesome. I mean, I didn't know that the staters were that good in those machines. No, no. no. Did, did they do that on purpose uh, or did you ask for it? Oh, no, no. They had, every one of them on the showroom is the same. Yeah, they're all the same. So they that's just it. did it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so many people run things. You know, they, they run a, a, a cedar, you know, seed spreader on the back. Or they'll, right. they'll, they'll, run, they'll run, you know, I'm trying to think of this stuff. Uh, I get it. And, and so uh, a lot of them run lights. You know, they, they got the lights they're coon hunting in. And uh, so they just made it so that they how, would be okay. Yeah. How, without being smart and me not knowing, how much more can it cost to put a good alternator in one versus a uh, pretty good alternator? Brother, don't sell yourself short. You're a pretty smart dude. Uh, but, it, you know, it can't be that much more, and it can make the world a difference. Uh, oh, and, and I think that based on the things you're telling me, that helped. Uh, did you ride the Cowie in any of the endurance-style racing away from uh, the the GNCC? Yes. The six-hour races, 12-hour races, 10-hour races, all that stuff. Yeah. And, and and how did it fare in those? I mean, in class, obviously. And you probably did pretty well against some of the sport guys, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we won most all of them. And uh, th- I did the uh, ATV Olympics. Right. And uh, they, I had a picture and I couldn't find it. It's going to bring it. They've got a, at the Gator at, at the Gatorback Park in Gainesville, Florida. Yep. They've got a jump that that is it's just straight up and then it's flat and i was jumping so high i didn't realize how high i was jumping uh, <laughs> but I, I i know this i'd make sure that i landed on all four i didn't want to land on two you know the back because it was just be too hard i'd land on all four and then i had all the shocks <laughs> sucking it up right that's pretty awesome. I got to go the I, we got to go to the Great Outdoor Games one time. Okay, I don't I don't, I don't know what those are. The Great Outdoor. Uh, it was a ESPN deal that they put on, and I only remember them doing it one time. And it was a hurricane <laughs> the day we were there racing. Um, Where's that? At Florida at Disney Florida. World. Huh. I remember. I don't, I don't remember what year it was. It, yeah. Anyways, it had yeah. to have been in. Yeah, it, it, done lots of the 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 six and twelve hour races, and I remember this one. We were we were winning, but it wasn't that much, you know. This was just a six hour race, and so it was all daylight, and and uh, it was the last rider change, and there was three of us, and or three or four. But but anyway, I, I uh, my brother was talking to me, and my brother though he's my only brother, Morris. He he's helped me in so much of this stuff, and uh, uh, I, I want to tell you something else in a minute. 
about about the uh I didn't tell you about the the pit stop did I in Florida? No. Okay. Well, anyway, Morris says, "Why don't we do this?" And the the there was a rider out there and we would go so so I don't know, laps or time or whatever, hour each or 45 minutes. What I don't I don't remember. But but I I was the the fastest of our team and uh we we Morris had kept up with who was the fastest of theirs, and uh, so this is going to be the last rider swap. And uh, like I'm riding, and I I didn't come in to swap. You know, I was Morris said, "Don't come in. You just keep riding." And they came in and swapped, and you know that gave us some more right there. Just right. the time it takes to pit. And uh, we 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 won, I think, all the six-hour races, and I think most all the twelve-hour races. Uh, we we had one, we had one rider, and and uh, there's three of us, and uh, through the day it's going good, and and we're, we're you know we're winning, and uh, this one rider, and I'm not going to mention his name, but but he he was good, and so. It's not a little dark now. It's dark, and I we we put him on. It's his turn, and he goes out there and uh, he does his stuff, and he comes in, and the other rider got on. So I'm there, and this boy gets off the bike, and he walks over yonder, and he starts puking his guts out, <laughs> you know. And I he's just whoa, whoa. and I said went over after he kind of got done a little bit. I said. What is? Did you eat something bad? You know, did you gut and knock your wind out or something? He said, "No." He said, "He, he said riding in the dark does that to me." I said, "What?" You know, because there's more times for him to ride. I said, "What do you mean the dark does that to you?" I, I said, "Why didn't you tell me?" He said, "If I told you, I was afraid you wouldn't let me ride." <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway. Uh, but when it comes to, uh, side-by-side racing, I've had lots of people throw up, especially in the dark. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. I I, got to tell you this. We're at the first race of that year. It's almost always in Florida. And, and, uh, my brother had a, I had a plan to, to pit. Okay. this. I think was 99 because there was a big wheel rider in the big class, you know, and, and, uh, Kawasaki, they're, they're, they're born with a big auger. They're just really wanting to do this. So, so to make a long story short, I, I don't know if I pitted first or him, but anyway, he comes in and they fumble the ball, you know, if I'm not bad mistaken, they had the dry break and all that stuff. And, and I, I don't know what happened. And I don't know that I want to know what happened, but, but they messed up and his pit stop was long. I'm not talking minutes. I'm talking seconds longer than it should have, you know, mm-hmm. 10, 20 seconds longer than it should have, whatever. Well, anyway, the best I know, he wound up losing that race by, you know, 10 seconds. And, and, uh, 
I'm trying to remember if that one race caused him to lose the championship that year. But anyway, this was my brother's plan, and it worked. I, I'm coming in the pit, you know, he, he like tells me one more lap or whatever. So as I come in, I'm unscrewing the cap, the, the gas cap, and I got it off. I pull up. He's got a milk jug. Of course, it's clean, and it's full of gas. He takes that milk jug and puts it in the snout of the gas tank, and he goes and just pushes it. So he fuel injected my fuel tank, you know, in in a half a second. Right. He he dumps the gas, pulls the cap off or the 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 jug off, and I'm accelerating away, putting the cap on. And the the there's a really big wheel from Kawasaki there, real big wheel. And he afterwards he said, Mike, that was incredible. That your pit stop was so good. I, I, I'm sure he looked at the other one. He said it was just it was just ingenious and simple, and it right. And said, "Yeah, gain. You got to gain where you can." Yeah. Well, anyway, my boss, my Kawasaki boss, the whatever you want to call him, the the race the race coordinator, race director, whatever. He climbed my frame after how unprofessional that was, how not, you know, keeping with Kawasaki's image and to never do that again. And I, I, I just, I listened. Uh, but then I found out I didn't have to fuel up between, you know, during the race. So, so it never was an issue. But I, I'm going to tell you this, if I had to fuel it again, it was going to be the same way. Right. With, because with a milk jug. Did you, you should have told him, they say, why don't you go talk to so-and-so? <laughs> yeah, I, I probably did. I probably did. But he was pretty upset. He didn't realize how mad I was getting because ours worked. My brother, what my brother did work, what they did, the professionals at Kawasaki didn't work. Right. So, and, and that was another Kawasaki team. Oh yeah. They, I was riding for, for the, for Kawasaki. Right. Yeah. Um, and the other guys that you beat was a Kawasaki oh, team. The, the, our pit did. See, I'm in the four-wheel drive class. He, the, the one that had the boo-boo, they were in the big class. You know, the... Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they were, you know, not a little person like me. They, ah. they were the big wheels. Big wheels. Uh, I, I, I want to tell you a story. Uh, I got all my notes here, but looking at them, Kawasaki was really good to me. Just the stuff that they, they, they did. And you probably know about this. It, I think it's in Orange County, but I'm not sure. Is the Peterson, Peterson Museum. Okay. Uh, Peterson Auto Museum, I think is what it is. Big, you know, Peterson Publishing. It's that Peterson. Okay. And, and they had us Kawasaki people and all these people from, from uh, news companies, from uh, newspaper companies, from the magazines and from, from, you know, say wide world of sports and all that kind of stuff, you know, they're all there. And I'm there with, with, uh, with Bubba 
with Carmichael and uh, uh, Bostrom. He was a road racer uh, with with Ricky Gadsden, a drag racer, and all the. And it, it came my turn to talk, you know, out on the stage, and and I stepped up there, and it, I'm I'm looking at all the cameras, all the all the movie cameras, and you know, people with the tape recorders and people with their notepads, and it's I looked at them, and I said I'd be rather be looking at a thousand miles of Mexican desert. Than to be up here talking to y'all, and <laughs> it, it, it brought the place down. They laughed well, so yeah, hard. I bet. They laughed so hard. Well, we were there for a few days with Kawasaki, and in the next day they had to teach you how to uh, talk to newspapers and uh, magazines and how to conduct interviews and all this stuff. Right. And and, and this man's up there lecturing us or teaching us or whatever you want to call it. And and uh he looked over at me, he said, he said, how did you come up with that? And I just said, like, because it's true, <laughs> you know, I would rather be looking at the right. desert is up there talking to all them people. But but I was exaggerating a little bit. You know, it, it's an honor to be up there with those kind of people. You know, right. with Ricky Carmichael. Right. They got Mike Mike Penland there with him? Right. Yeah. I, I remember when I got there, I was I wasn't late. You had to be there from this time to this time. And I and I came in and there's several of the riders there. And Ricky Carmichael's there and he, he looks at me and says, My dad's four wheelers faster than yours. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, four wheel drive faster than yours. But uh yeah, the Kawasaki, they, they had me come out to uh Meetings in Las Vegas, dealer meetings and stuff. And the the one year they had me bring my wife. She was a Trekkie. They got that Trekkie stuff there, and she fooled with that while I was, you know, kissing hands and shaking babies. Right, know? right. And, uh, a lot of fun. Just good experiences. A lot yeah. of you just don't know how many questions people have. Just you know, stuff you're going, wow, that's you know. Never thought of that. <laughs> you know, they want to know, and and I do my absolute best to tell them. Yeah, brother, that's why we're doing this, is because yeah. there's people that want to know behind the scenes. Mike Penland, man, I mean, you're a legend, and you don't even realize you're a legend, and that's the best part about it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's it's real. Next question. Next question is: um, We're going to meet up for episode three okay and we're going to talk some baja and we're going to get we're going to get uh into some baja and we're going to spend some time uh talking about the, your family and uh we'll get some, some feedback from you on how all that is and 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 how you're doing and you know if if things go well and 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 you want to talk more? We'll, we'll we may do a, a fourth episode. Absolutely. Uh, I haven't even went over this my notes and stuff uh, here. I, I do want to tell you one story. Uh, this is your time, and, brother. 
Yeah, in Florida, one year, it was it was so good. The classes were split. They had the morning class and afternoon class, and and me and Scott Kilby were battling. We were just and and I was. It was him or me was going to win the overall. You know that beat everybody. All the two wheel drives and you know we were we were going to beat everybody. And they had uh, rows of pine trees. I, I I don't know if they were for pulpwood or for for Christmas trees, but they were I don't know four to six inches at the butt. And and the, instead of going down the rows like. Normally, if we do something like that, they have us going over. So, so you know, it's, it's just up a berm, down a berm, up a berm. You know, just so many feet apart. Where there was ten feet or something. And I had a, this last lap. I had to wipe my goggles. And when I did, I did something that I don't normally do that you're not supposed to do. I turned loose with my right hand and wiped <laughs> with my right hand, my throttle hand, and my right front tire bumped a tree. I mean, I was going two miles an hour. I bumped that tree and it, I, it, I went, you know, knocked me back a foot or something, maybe two. And I hit the throttle and it didn't go forward. It went down. Hit the throttle again. I'm in four-wheel drive. I always, I always run four-wheel drive. And that bike went down and it went down. It was stuck. My race is over. And it, it just, I mean, immediately it was... The, the the mud and stuff was over the top of the tire, the back tire. It, it was down more than the front. And uh, I had to wait till after the afternoon race for them to come and get me. Well, they come with a dozer and they they hooked to my front bumper and went to pull me and it just jerked the bumper off. And, but I forgot to tell you something. The mud now, the sand, is up on top of my back fenders at the at the bottom of the seat. Wow. And and so we had the hook up to the frame and that dozer had a had a winch and it went up over from behind the cab and down in front of the blade and hooked to my bike and, and then they they cut the thing on and it lifted the bike up, you know, front end kind of first. And come to find out it was quicksand. Oh wow. My machine was in quicksand. And, you know, if you're like me, the only thing you know about quicksand is a Tarzan movie. Right, <laughs> so, right. so, but it's not quite like that. It's uh, it, now my machine is going down, whether it go out of sight, I don't know. But it was going down. Unbelievable. Uh, from the time I got stuck, the time I got it out was at least two and a half hours. Maybe it wasn't three, I don't think, but it was two and a half. And it, it probably went down six or eight inches. No one was touching it. No one's touching it. That was unreal. So I didn't win over all that day. Uh, well, hey, you can't win them all, right? No. Like to, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's too late for that now. Well, yeah. No, dude, you won a lot. You, you still, you're oh, still yeah. a winner in my book. Yeah. Mike, I want to thank you so much for taking the time with us and spending time with ATV Talk. And from the bottom of my heart, I just wanted to let you know that I really, really enjoy our time together and I can't wait. I can't wait till the next one. And, um, please make sure you tell Sarah that I really appreciate it. I know she can probably hear me, but she's afraid to stick her head around the corner. 
This is audio only, Sarah. It's okay. You know, nobody's going to see you. I've been in the corner, technical support. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Thank you again so much. Yeah. Yep. I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be in touch. Uh, yeah. I believe we're going to do this again in a week. About a week? Okay. Monday. Next Monday. Okay. And you want to talk about Baja some? I want to talk about Baja. In, I want to talk about no. Cam's Baja, K- Kawasaki's Baja, whatever you want to talk about Baja, I want to, I want okay. your Baja stories. Now, do you, when do you want to talk about my son? You said you want to talk about him. In the Baja, in the Baja stories. Okay. I'll see what I can do. In, I hope in, I can get it. I love my the fact that you have notes, but you don't need notes. You, oh, Yeah. You're, yeah. you're talking, what you're telling me is coming from the heart and coming from your memories. And that's what I like the most. Yeah. Okay. Again, I've really enjoyed our time. Okay. Thank you very Thank much. You. And you have a great evening, sir. Okay. Appreciate it now. Thank you. Bye-bye. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. quality and customer service every time. San Diego's Body Evolution Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking after your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolutions.org or call for an appointment, 858-571-0160. Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.